Well, good evening, everybody. It's been a week here at Carroll. All Saints Day, All Souls Day, Founders Day, and everything that comes along with those. And I have to tell you this, after Founders Day Mass on Saturday morning, I had a, uh, an, an older woman come up to me. She's like, I didn't recognize you without your beard. You're so handsome, don't ever grow your beard back. And I was like, nice. <laughs> like, so I'm never growing my beard back, I guess, you know, so. But it's been a really beautiful week. And I just want to thank all of you who came to those celebrations this week. Not, not for like pumping up the numbers or anything, but like, thank you for your faith. Thank you for your faith. And even if you weren't able to go to those things, thank all of you who are here right now. Thank you for your faith, right? It's our faith in Christ that keeps us strong and keeps us together here at Carroll. So thank you. St. John Vianney once said, Humility is to the various virtues what the chain is in a rosary. Take away the chain and the beads are scattered. Remove humility and all virtues vanish. And I offer you this quote because Jesus is speaking in today's gospel about pride and, and the antidote to pride, which is humility, right? So let's, let's first define the vice and the virtue. Now, St. Thomas Aquinas, he has a lot to say about pride, right? Because he writes about the virtues. But one of the, one of the, the favorite, one of my favorite things that he says about it is this. He describes it as to think of oneself above what one actually is. Let me say that again. This is pride. To think of oneself above what one actually is. Right? Now, if we go back to Genesis and even before the creation of humanity, we can see that pride is the foundational sin that plagues all of us, fallen men and women. So Adam and Eve fall to the temptation to know as God knows the knowledge of good and evil. They eat the fruit to become equal with God in knowledge. So they attempt to break this relationship of creature and creator so that they can be God in some way. And this decision causes so much disorder in their souls because they cannot be something they are not. They cannot be something they are not. Their nature as creatures will not change. And God's nature as creator will not change. And the temptation itself comes from a sin that is older than Adam and Eve. A sin that I'll call the first sin, the sin of the devil, the sin of Satan. Right? Lucifer, the light bearer, the most beautiful of all the host of angels, and the most powerful as well, thinks of himself as higher than God and utters the words, non serviam, I will not serve, in response to God's will. So the first sin of the evil one affects the sin of humanity. But we chose it as well, right? We're free. 
we've come to think of ourselves as higher than we actually are. To do what we want, to create ourselves, and to place our own smallness of thought as the supreme worldview in morality and in what is true. We've all done that. That's a human thing. Every single one of us. And I I honestly don't think it's quite working out very well for us. But this is the very pride that Jesus is warning his disciples against, using the Pharisees and the scribes as an example. In short, the Pharisees and the scribes place themselves above the law, not subject to it, like everyone else. They preach, but they do not practice. They tie heavy burdens, but don't lift a finger to lighten the load. They do works not for the good, but to be seen, and so on and so forth. Brothers and sisters, they think of themselves as higher than what they are. If anything, these men should be held more accountable for following the law in an authentic way because of the positions of authority that they have. So we see Christ preaching against the sin of pride. And he gives us the remedy in the virtue of humility. If pride is thinking of ourselves as higher than what we are, then we can say that humility is accepting what we actually are and accepting who God actually is. And what are we? We're creatures with an existence dependent upon the one who created us. We're also sinners. Beings who have fallen below our own dignity who absolutely need mercy. And who is God? He is the all-powerful creator who made us out of gratuitous love. He's the one who can and does have mercy upon our sinfulness so that we can have life. That's who God is. But he's also the one who calls us to holiness according to what he deems to be true. Which is what is actually true. And this is why Jesus tells us to call no man a rabbi, a father, or a master. Right? He's using hyperbole here to direct the mind and the heart to God, who is the one from which all teaching all fatherhood, and all authority come, right? And the prime example of humility that Jesus is teaching from is his own life. He becomes man to show us how to live as creatures of the creator, as sons and daughters of the father. And he does this by living a fully human life, and carrying out the will of the Father, even unto suffering and death. And he suffers and dies not for the sake of simply suffering and dying. God is not sadistic. He suffers and dies for the sake of love. That humanity may be redeemed. And he does all of this in meekness and humility of heart. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is the example that we are to follow. If we can accept who and what we are in humility, 
then we can actually live the life that we were created to live. The life that we were called to live. A fully human life that is fulfilled in dependence upon our loving creator and is given in true love. And all of that comes from him and him alone. If we can stop thinking of ourselves as God, then we can stop wrestling and grasping for something beyond our power, something that we're in no way capable of and in no way meant for. You're not meant to be God. So let's stop trying. We can then live fully within our nature as men and women and be at peace in the identity as sons and daughters. And in that, we see God's will in all things and are at peace in all things, even in pain and suffering. And we offer that pain and suffering up for the sake of love, just as Jesus himself did. Even with Jesus as our prime example, he sends us reminders in so many others who have followed after him in the way of humility. And I just want to share one of those examples that we're so blessed to have right here in the Diocese of Helena. Right? It's Father Stu, Father Stu Long. And he's been on my mind really since All Souls Day uh, last week because we said Mass in front of his grave. Some of our students put flowers on the tombstone. And then Father Bart did a book signing for his new book about Father Stu. And I think that most of you know, in general, the story of Father Stu's life. But I was able to witness this firsthand, right? Because when I was a student here, Father Stu was in a wheelchair and he would come and say Mass for us when Father Mark was out of town for vocation stuff. And it wasn't like this, right? We didn't have a beautiful chapel. We were in the cube, and we had to bring this false stage and this old altar into the cube. And when Father Stu was there, we would just put the altar on the ground so that he could roll up there and say Mass. And there was just this one time that I was serving for him. Uh, me, and, we, me and one of my buddies. And he was humble enough to allow me and my friend to hold his arms up during the consecration of the Eucharist so that he could lift them, right? He was humble enough to suffer that, humble enough to know that he needed the help of this doofus, right, who, who didn't know anything about anything. And then he says to me after Mass, don't tell Father Mark you just said your first Mass, you know. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And now I'm a priest, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing. But he was humble until he died. He accepted his suffering until he died. And the summer that he died is the summer that I entered seminary. And I know, at least in part, it's because of his prayers, And, I, and, and I'm telling you this story because my priesthood, in some way, was dependent upon the humility of somebody else. 
upon their suffering, upon their willingness to give that in love to people that he doesn't even know. Not only is it possible to be humble, but it's effective in the life of faith for ourselves and for others. But most importantly, brothers and sisters, it's necessary. It's necessary for humility in order for us to be truly Christian. So in this moment, let us lay down our pride. Let let us become humble in the sight of God, our Heavenly Father. And in due time, he'll lift us on high. And in our humility, let us become who we truly are.